Hi, and welcome to the 10-Minute Food Truck Training Podcast. My name is Bill Moore. I am a food truck business coach and author of Food Truck 101, Beginner to Winner. This podcast is all about helping you start and grow your food truck business. Today, I'm going to be talking about documentation. Documentation is one of those really boring things that people just absolutely hate doing. But documentation comes in two forms, and I want you to understand what those two forms are so that you can move your business forward and be as successful as you possibly can. The two documentation types are historical, which means that today you're going to write down notes about what your sales were, what the weather was like, what the traffic patterns were as far as your guests coming and showing up. Did they come in as a group earlier or later than you normally see? You want to to write notes so that when you go back and are reviewing the notes, you might be able to see patterns and then you can react to those patterns, whether they're good patterns or bad patterns, so that you can either duplicate the good ones or eliminate the bad ones. But unless you have historical documentation, you're just guessing at what actually happened on any particular day. The other type of documentation is forward-thinking documentation. That is your policies and procedures that explain how you do certain things and certain aspects of your business. The documentation is usually in the form of something called an operations manual. That's what restaurants do. If you were to buy into a franchise of Subway or Hardee's or Burger King or Wendy's, any one of those, they're going to give you all kinds of help. And part of that help comes in the operations manual, which is effectively the Bible on how you're supposed to operate the business. And it's super detailed. So in your food truck or food trailer or hot dog cart, or tent operation, you still need to have written documentation as far as how your policies and procedures go. And policies and procedures also include recipes. This will make sure that your food will taste the same from day to day, week to week, month to month. And if you have policies and procedures written for every single aspect of your business, from the cashier to the cook to receiving food, all of those processes are written and they're performed consistently, you'll see your sales continue to to increase and get better and better because you are also getting better and better because you're adhering to your own policies and procedures. If you don't have them written, what ends up happening is you open up today and go, eh, I think I'll sell hamburgers today. And let's see, what should I put on it? How should I dress it? What should I do? So now you get a whole bunch of questions and you're not focused on well, we need to cook burgers, we need to cut lettuce, we need to get mayonnaise panned up, we need to get onions cut, we need to get tomatoes cut, we need to get the pickles put into pans. You're not focusing on tasks. You're still just trying to figure out, well, how are we going to do this? So write the policies, write the procedures, write the recipes, get it done. The reason you want to do that, again, is so that you have a clear-cut operational expectation from you, as well as the guests, when they step up, they know that the food is going to be the same. Super, super important. So let's just talk about a cashier, for instance. I've talked about this many times, and it's still going to be the exact same story. Cashier needs a script. This is how an order should be taken. And then each little bit of that script also impacts another employee. So when the cashier says, Hi, welcome to my food truck. Would you like to try? And then whatever your special is, that's that signal to the guests that, Hey, I need to place an order, which also buys time for the kitchen to get the last order that was taken prepared. That's why you have a greeting. That's why you say it with enthusiasm, and that's why you go through the processes no matter how long the line is, because the line needs to move at a steady, consistent pace. Whether there's 100 people in it or one person in it, the order-taking process is exactly the same. Hi, welcome to my food truck. Would you like? And then whatever your special is. That's a signal to the guests. They should start saying their order. As they say the order, whatever your communication method is, the cook should be being informed. Hopefully you're in the modern era and have a KDS, 
and then they're able to look at the order in real time and not have to worry about trying to listen to you while they're doing other tasks. They're not trying to grab a ticket from you while they're trying to do other tasks. They're not having you step over and stick a ticket on a ticket rail and get in their way. All they gotta do is look at a screen that electronically tells them, hey, you need this, this, and this. So continuing with the cashier, they ring up the order. Let's say your menu is relatively simple, hamburger, hot dog, chips, and a drink. So when the guest says, I would like a hamburger, a hot dog, a chip, and a drink, the cashier should then repeat the order back. Why do they repeat the order back? Because that improves your accuracy. That means the guest is going to get what they ordered because we all know what we hear and what the guest communicates sometimes are two different things. So we repeat the order back to verify that it's correct. Any restaurant system that has a drive through window and they have an order confirmation board, those boards, those screens ring up in real time. So the cashier pushes a hamburger. The little screen says hamburger. And the guests can go, yes, that's right. They don't have to say it, but they mentally know, oh, hey, they're following along. Since we don't have those order confirmation units on a food truck, we have to repeat it back. And we'll say, I have your order as one hamburger, one hot dog, one chip, one drink. And the guests will say, yes, that's right. All that does is continue to buy time for the kitchen to get caught up on previous orders and to get prepared for the order coming in. It's buying time. All of this can be done in less than a minute. So once the order is confirmed from the guest that, yes, that's correct, you're going to say, okay, that will be $10.50. And the guest can then go through and you can pay in whatever method necessary. Give them the change, thank them, tell them where the food will be ready for pickup, and thank them, have a nice day, and they'll move out of the way. You move on to the next order. What happens with the procedures that you've written for the kitchen is when a hamburger and a hot dog come in, you should have already a written procedure that explains to that cook which product to make first because one of them will take longer than the other. So you want the longest taking product to be cooked first. It needs to be dropped first. So we're going to drop that hamburger. So we got it on the flat top cooking. If you're dropping fried products, they need to be dropped at a certain point within that cooking process as well. If the burger takes eight minutes to cook and they order fries that only take three minutes, clearly you're not dropping the fries at the same time you drop the burgers because those fries are going to be sitting up for five minutes while that burger is still cooking, which means that's five minutes of the fries cooling off. So you have to have that procedure written so the cook knows five minutes into the cooking process on this burger and whatever that visual cue is to remind them hey we need to go drop fries they go drop fries so that way the food gets done at the exact same time that's a procedure you need to write it so that your staff understands it and then you can train it and the same thing has to go from the point after the food's already dropped. How is it assembled in what order? How much of each particular condiment goes on the, the products that have been ordered? You have to have those specified amounts you have to have it written down so that you can train and so it's consistent from day to day, week to week, month to month. Cannot stress that enough. All this becomes your operations manual. A part of your operations manual, and it will either be a standalone manual or a section within your operations manual, is going to be what's called an employee policy or an employee policy manual, employee policy guide, whatever you want to call it. But it has to be there, which explains what happens when people don't follow your rules and regulations that you have on your food truck. So all these policies and procedures that you have written down, let's say your cashier just sounds as bored as they possibly can. They don't follow your script. They don't repeat the order back. They just say, can take your order, be $10. That's not your procedure. That's not how you want your guests to be treated. So you go up to that employee and, and have a little discussion with them, just a verbal discussion. Hey, remember how I trained you? You need to do this particular step in this particular order because it helps us get the food out faster and have more accurate orders. That's just a verbal warning. The employee doesn't do that again. You're going to escalate. You're going to go one step higher. Okay, I talked to you about this yesterday. You have refused to do it. I'm going to write you up. And if this is written in your employee policy, 
that first time's a verbal warning, second time's a write-up, third time could be suspension and or termination, people understand that they potentially could lose their job. Basically, all in a policy is, and if you remember basic computer language back in the old days, it would be an if-then statement. If this happens, then this consequent will happen as well. That's all an employee manual is. If you do this wrong, I will respond with this disciplinary action. That if-then statement, then the employee should be very aware of. Now, how this benefits you is when you have to go write somebody up and you say you have to terminate them. They will have gone through these steps of a verbal warning, a written warning, and now a termination. So they've been warned three times. There should be no surprise to them because you've already had that if this particular thing happens, then I will have to do this to you. You will have to be written up. You will have to lose your job. They should not be surprised. There should be no issue with terminating someone if you followed the steps, the escalating disciplinary action steps. So that's a part of your documentation process. It's a part of the ops manual. It's a part of an employee policy manual, if you want to have that as a separate manual. But the point of this discussion today is document everything. Historically document what's going on in your business so that you can see patterns and then also have written documentation that explains your policies and procedures and your recipes so that your staff can do them consistently from day to day, week to week, month to month. I want you guys to be successful and the only way you can be successful is to take your own business seriously and do it right from the beginning. And if you've been in operation a year or two and you have not done any of these things, it's no big deal. Tomorrow is a brand new day. Start writing your procedures now and start getting your staff used to we're going to do things this way because I guarantee you if the policies and procedures are written in such a way that helps you to move your business forward and to get the food from the raw state to the cook state and into the guest hands quicker, you will increase increase your business. Because the very first thing I do whenever I go to fix a business is I fix the operations. I don't do marketing because you know why? When you market, all the marketing is is an invitation to please come eat my food. So if we have poor operations and the food's not being handled properly, where it's not hot, it's not fresh, it's not cooked properly, and we're slow as all get out, when I send those invitations out and say, please come eat my food, all they're going to do is come up and be disappointed with the food and with the service and they're not going to come back. So I will have wasted time and energy and money on marketing that will have no impact on sales. So the very first thing I do is make sure that when I need to increase sales, my operations are perfect. My cleanliness is perfect. Then I can increase sales. And you can't do any of that unless you have historical documentation and unless you have written policies. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're finding all the information useful in your food truck business, please consider becoming a monthly supporter of the podcast. Just hit the support button or follow the links in the description. Every little bit does help keep us going. If you guys need a business coach to help you do the things I've been talking about as far as writing a policy and procedure manual, writing an ops manual, having an employee manual, check out my website. There's all different kinds of services that I offer. And of course, the links are in the description. If you guys like being around like-minded, positive people, join our Facebook group. It's called Food Truck Training. we got a whole bunch of awesome members, and they are at all different levels of the business, from brand new people to decades-old veterans. They're all there to help you succeed, and they're all there to help each other succeed. Thank you guys again so much for listening. Come back tomorrow because you know i got a whole bunch more to say about the food truck industry.